<clears throat> hey everybody, welcome to the Irregular Search for Truth. My name is Scott. And I'm Sachin. And we're here to talk <laughs> and maybe find some truth. Discuss things that are important. That's right. I don't know what episode we're on. Five? Possibly six. Okay. Possibly six. Right. If you count the lost episode. Right. right. <laughs> okay, well, do you have one to start us off with this week, or should I go, go ahead? And... Go ahead. I, uh... Okay. The, the big news in my life is I was offered a job. It's not a... It's a full-time job, but it's only a temporary job. So I, uh, I, I've been offered a position to go lead a bunch of high school students in a conservation project in the wilderness of Idaho. And I've never been to Idaho, much less its wilderness. So it'll be interesting. Uh, and I'm going to be doing that for a little over a month. And yeah. Yeah, I, I feel personally vested in this because I recommended you for this job. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I had anything to do with it, but uh, you emailed me and asked me, would you like to recommend me for this job? And I said, yeah. That was the, that was the really annoying thing about this job application process. It was like, I, I think like this, this kind of job that I feel kind of lame saying this, but it's kind of geared toward younger people than me. Right. You right, know, it's, right. like, it's like geared toward people who are either in college or maybe just out of college. They, they did the program in high school themselves. And... Uh, and and so like the the application process it doesn't have so much like what's your work history and that sort of stuff but it's like you know uh yeah can you get people to write recommendations for you and that sort of thing so i'm like oh god that's the one thing i really hate is to ask people to write recommendations for me like if i i even don't like Asking, I mean, I'll ask someone to be a general reference, like, hey, could I use you as a, a reference if I apply to jobs in the future? But not, like, specifically, like, maybe someone will email you. But the way I figure it is, like, they're only going to contact someone if, you're, if they're really looking. But if you're just applying to a job where they ask for references, it means you've got to ask, even if you don't know if you have a chance at all. Yeah, you have to go through all that process, and, and that person has to, like, write this whole, like, this is what I think of this person, you know. And it's like, yeah, even I had to write it, you know. Like, I mean, was it was it a form? It was a was form. It, it was okay. a form. It's not like I wrote like free form, like a paragraph on Scott, you know. But uh, yeah, they sent me this thing, and I had all these like, you know, uh, there was a couple, a variety of questions. One was like, one through five, does Scott, you know, get along with people, or like, is he a good leader, or like, is he, do you... is he an angry person? <laughs> is he so? <laughs> is he socially awkward? You know. <laughs> Awesome. And I was like, well, remember the last podcast where you said you had a hard time warming up to people? Yeah, so I put like a two there. <laughs> I don't think I said I had a problem warming up to people. I think I have a problem warming up in sports. Oh, well, <laughs> it's a good thing you still got the job. <laughs> no, but yeah, like I put mostly like really good or, you know, like I didn't want to put all five. So I put five, 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 four, you know, a couple of things, you know, and then like. There was a couple questions where it was like, does you know, does the applicant work well by himself? Does the applicant ever show initiative? Is the applicant an independent uh, worker? And to me, those are like the exact same question, right? Like I had formulated the answer to one of them, you know, and I'm like, is he independent? It's like, well, he shows initiative, so yes. Right? <laughs> therefore. And therefore, he's a good worker, right? And therefore, he listens to directions and like, you know, all this stuff, you know, so I was... 
had to like go through and you like should have actually edited their form been like actually you don't need to, your questions three through seven are redundant and i'm sure scott would agree <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah i mean i had written these i wrote, wrote what i wrote one response and i read the next question and i read the next question and i'm like Oh, I can't deal with this right now. So I just saved it, and like, I, and I just like, I was like, I'll do this later. So I did. I think you sent me the link on Friday, and I had to work the weekend. I actually worked on Saturday and Sunday. Ooh, wow. So Saturday, I was like, oh, I just can't deal with this. Like, I'm, you know. And then Sunday, I finally got my thing to work. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And went back to it. And I'm like, oh, same problem. <laughs> like these problems have not gone away. So I basically re reworded the question, and one of them I did say, as I previously mentioned, like in this point, I was like, whatever. You know. <laughs> In case you don't read it, I'm really annoyed at writing your damn recommendation. This is what I think of your job application process. Actually, I've been ha- like, it's weird. This job is really only about a month and a half long, and yet I've felt like I've had more uh, pre-job frustrations with it than anything else. Like, like it's uh, okay. So I have to, I have to book travel to get up to the training and then get up to this this project up in Idaho. Oh, they're not going to fly and you up there? No, no, they they will, oh, but I have to reimburse you. I have to book it and I have to book it through their travel agent. So to do that, you have to set up an account with their travel agent <sighs> and get that approved My and account. then <laughs> right and then and then you have to uh, you have to go through, you know, enter into this account and do the whole business. So I get on I I find out set up the account the account sends me an email telling me my password and all that i go back to to the website plug in the thing in the the username and password and it's like no it doesn't work <laughs> it 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 flashes to uh it flashes quickly to a change password screen then flashes back to the old the same screen where i entered everything in i'm like what the heck is that i try it a number of times it's the same thing so then it's like there's a little button on the side where it's like if you're having trouble logging in click this so i click that and it's like okay well it might be that you're uh you're you know you need something like ssl ah. whatever and so do you know what that is yeah okay so i i checked that out on my browser and i've got it right so right. that's not the problem and uh and then it's like uh well it might be some other stuff so if if uh if you still can't get it after checking this SSL thing on your browser, uh, send us an email. So I send them send now to the travel agent's tech department. I send an email saying, "Hey, I don't know, maybe I got the wrong password. What's going on here?" And they uh, they send me an email back about like half a day later. And this like when I got the job, they were like, first thing you do is should book your travel because it's you know it's a bit late." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh no, I gotta do it." So it takes about half a day, and they're like. Try uh, deleting all your cookies mm. and uh, and doing that. So I'm like, okay. So oh, that's, that's the guy told me to do to fix my spam or my uh, my virus. <laughs> Take two of these. Call me in the morning. Uh, so I delete all the cookies. I try it again. It doesn't work again. I write him back. I say, hey, it doesn't work. I deleted the cookies like you said. I, I checked the SSL thing. Um, I'm using a Macintosh. Does that matter? And the next day they write me back and they're like, oh, the Macintosh, you might want to contact uh, Mac, Apple. I was like, what? You want me to now contact Apple to buy a ticket that I could go on SouthwestAirlines.com and buy? 
you no, try like, opening a new account? No, I'm just I what I'm gonna do is now contact so there are like there are potentially four parties involved here. There's me, there's my employer, there's my employer's travel agency, and then there's Apple. <laughs> and it's like this is ridiculous. Oh, and then there's the airline. So I think I'm just gonna contact my employer and be like, "Hey, can I buy a ticket through Southwest or whatever, and and just you reimburse me or something like that?" But it's gotten to the point where it's sort of like, "Oh man," and there's just all this paperwork, and it's like really like this is just ridiculous. I guess it's to make sure you're not a pedophile. No, that's true, and I I agree with that. And and that was another thing they made me do a background check, and they wanted me to do it through this another contractor, another like online. Uh, security business and so I I looked at this and and it was like well you have to give them your social security you have to give them all this information and I tried to like look up sort of like independent reviews of this company and I couldn't find anything all I could find is they're a subsidiary of this uh, other security firm. You know when anything is a subsidiary of anything it's bad news. (laughs) (laughs) So I check out I, and and this looks uh, this looks familiar. This name it's like a subsidiary of this thing. I'm like, where have I seen that before? So I type that in, and it's like a company that hires out security guards to like buildings and oh, okay. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it you might have seen like their badges around. Security toss or something, toss like, or something like that. It's not or... that one, but it's it's something similar to that. One. I don't know. Um, and so I look and I I look for like reviews of that, and so I start getting like employee reviews of like how the employees are treated, and they're all just like. This is the worst job ever. And so I'm like, okay, I don't want to, you know, even if it's just a subsidiary, I don't really want to put, like, through sort of a shady company. So I write the employer, and I'm like, is there any other way? Is there, like, a, a more traditional way to do the background check? And they, they're like, okay. They send me a form. I, I fill it out. I actually fax it. Whoa. Old school. Whoa. Back to them. Whoa. It's like, this is, this is taking a step back in history. But anyway, enough of that rant. That was a... That was long and and about my new job but it should be fun idaho wilderness boop (laughs) it's all about jumping through hoops though right (laughs) like everything's about like jumping through hoops fill this form out you know get this all set up and like it's kind of like a a screening process in and of itself like to make people you know actually it's funny when i was in i remember when i was in uh, elementary school they used to say that when you grow up Employers, like the number one thing they're going to look for is for people who can follow directions. Mm. And I think they were right. You know, <laughs> it's just like all they want to do is follow directions because it's like they don't want to have to think. I mean, like when you ask me to do something, you just want them to do that thing. Right. You know, you don't want them to come back with something that was a little different. Right. Excuse me, I don't feel comfortable giving my social security number to this company that is clearly it's like, weird. Damn it, why can't you just do that? Like, <laughs> like, I've got like 20 people I've got to deal with. And this like loser out in San Francisco. <laughs> can't deal with my security You haven't company. had a job in four months. And you're telling me you don't want to put your social security in the Look, computer? Here's the hoop. Jump. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> I tell you to dig a hole, you dig it. All right. Here's 575, all right? <laughs> you have an hour, let's go. Yeah, I probably pissed them off a number of no, times. I mean, but like, but to be you... honest, I feel like they've they've kind of pissed me off with their stupid hoops. <laughs> it's like, I, we're already, like, I'm not even getting paid yet, and our heads are butting. Right. This I makes sh- me sound like a terrible employee. 
I'm not a terrible employee. I'd say I'm good. But uh, I will keep some of the consideration next time I recommend you. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's what you put. Just don't give him a lot of busy work to do before you start paying him. No, I will like to jump through hoops. <laughs> I, I will jump through hoops once you're paying me. Okay, okay. But not not beforehand. Only if it's on the clock. <laughs> yeah, really. I like this is an annoying this hoop is useless. If your hoop has some purpose to it, you know, then fine. But uh but otherwise no. Boop <laughs> What do you got, Sachin? Uh, <laughs> well I was uh I read this article just recently in the New Yorker. I know, I know. Uh-huh. I read the New Yorker. Yeah, wow, you but must be hip. I know. I, well, no, it's kind of like... Is New Yorker not hip? It's hip. It's kind of like the cool, geeky, cool hip. You know, like the peop- the thing people who are like in their 30s read on uh-huh. the on the on on like, you know, like businessmen and stuff like that. Like what it's got like fiction in it, you know, and like it's got like reviews that are kind of cerebral and they use really big words. Ooh, yeah, I know. Serious. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And they have this really interesting editorial style where it's kind of like an old school style where like if it's a word that has, I'm not really sure what the rule is, but if it's a word like cooperation, they'll put an umlaut over the second O in cooperation. So C-O-E-peration. Mm, interesting. It's got very interesting like style. It's kind of like the New York Times where like, or or I think the Wall Street Journal where they refer to everybody as like Mr. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, instead of like... Uh, you know, Charles Dietrich like did this or whatever, and then like later on, it's like they just refer to you as Dietrich. Right, right. But it'd be like, Mr. Dietrich refused to fill out the form. Yeah. <laughs> Subsequently, you know, like the, the company, you know, whatever, called Mr. Dietrich. So it's like that kind of. They don't use that. They don't do that, but they do kind of other stuff. And uh, they have like fiction and umlauts and poetry and stuff. But anyway, I read this article, um, and it was by this guy Malcolm Gladwell. Do you know who he is? I've heard that name, but I don't know. He wrote a couple books. Uh, one was called Blink, and then I think the one before that was called The Tipping Point. I've and it's all that. about, it's like all these really interesting observations about the way the world works. Okay. If you were to generalize basically his genre. Okay. And The Tipping Point is about how, uh, it's about a couple of different things, but it's about, one of them is about how trends catch on. Okay. You know, and like the different kinds of people there are in the world. Like there's people who are like ravens. And you know, I don't know about you, but when you get like a paycheck from your employer, I just like I get it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I put it like straight into the bin. Into the bin, like the recycle shredder bin. But like I don't even look at it. Uh, you you shred your paycheck? I I mean, it's direct deposit. Oh, okay. <laughs> the stuff. You're talking about the stuff. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't even see my paycheck. Right, right? okay. It just okay. goes somewhere, right? <laughs> and like, when it you, goes. You should deposit that in the bank, Sachin. <laughs> well, you should know how much I make. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I get that stuff. I'm like, yeah, that looks good. It's blue. That's fine, mm-hmm. right? And then, I, and then like I go online, I check my bank account. Yeah, some money there. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably fine, right? <laughs> there's some money in my 401k. Yeah, that's about right. That's fine, you know. But and I think there's probably for every person like me, there's probably a hundred other people just like me. But for every hundred people, there's this one guy who checks every penny mm-hmm. and makes sure every dollar is coming to him. You know, and make sure that they do. If you put 15% in your 401k, that way when I is exactly 15% that goes in your 401k, you know? So those guys are like ravens. And it's like the world is filled with ravens and followers and people who are like, you know, who are popular and not popular and they like make movements. And so he's like kind of figured these things out. And it's like really interesting the way hmm. he describes it. Hmm. One example is how television caught on. Apparently television wasn't catching on very well way back in the day. 
and it just like they televised a boxing match and this one guy went and got all these bars to televise the show and that like made it kind of helped catch it help 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 it spur and like you know the the point was tipped uh-huh. Uh-huh. and people started catching on television you know because everybody before that was like all radio oh, why do i need pictures what are these crazy pictures you know and it just kind of that was a tipping point when that when that event happened mm. So anyway, that was a long introduction, but the point is he wrote an article in The New Yorker, and it was called something, I don't know, but it was about David versus Goliath. Okay. You know the story, right? Basically, Goliath, this big yeah. guy, David, the small guy, David beats Goliath. With a sling. With a sling and a stone. Yeah. And so the idea behind it was, how did that happen? And in, in, the, in, the, in the present day, like, how does that, how often does that happen? Hmm. You know, and like... Uh, it was interesting because basically his point was, you know, there's all these big Goliaths everywhere. Everywhere in your life is a Goliath, right? And they were trying to like, they're trying to beat you down, you know, or like your competition in business or the competition on the playing field or your competition anywhere, you know? And it's like these Goliaths, every once in a while, they'll be taken down by small, smaller com- competitors, you know? And right, it's like, right. how do these guys do this? You know, and it's because basically the, the Davids, they don't play by the rules. Ah. Uh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they gave an example. Because Goliath had a sword. Right. David had a sling. He's like, you you don't even need to come close. I can kill you. Well, the rule, I mean, generally, like, probably Goliath expected, like, the guy to come out with a sword, you know, and play by the rules of, like, here's a sword. Like, we're going to, like, duel for a little bit, and then I'll kill you, right? (laughs) But David's like, no, I don't know how to do that, so why would I even bother doing that? Word. You know, so there's a story about um, this guy who was coaching his little girl's basketball team. Mm Mm-hmm. And do you know, are you familiar with the full court press? Yeah. Yeah, so basically this guy taught his girls to play full court press the entire game. Oh, wow. Which to me is just offensive. (laughs) Because you, it's, and that's the thing, right? They were saying, well, those are the rules of the game. He looked at the game because he was like a, he was kind of like an immigrant and he didn't really know basketball from like growing up. He just kind of learned it. He was, he was an outside the box thing. Kind of outside the box, right? And he's like, why would... Well, you have this entire playing field of like I think it was like 98 feet. Why would you only defend, you know, 40 or uh, 49 feet of it? You know, why give up a half of the field, right? Why only defend once they cross that line? Why not just press them the entire time? And so he did that. Mm -hmm. He taught his girls to really do that, and like you know, you have to be really in shape to do that the entire game. And and then they won. Like, they, they went to the national championships or something like that. They didn't necessarily wow. win, but they went to that tournament. Right, right. You know, and it's like, these are girls who were just average talent. Not really that great. I mean, uh, not bad, but, you know. But the strategy worked. That was what this, I mean, it's basically flustered the team. Yeah. You know, and like, that just, when I read that, I was like, oh my, I, I can't even, I could barely finish the article. I was so mad. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're mad at the guy for winning? Well, that's the thing, right? Is it all about winning or is it about Playing the game Playing by the, the rules. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel, on the one hand, I don't want people telling me what to do. But on the right, other hand, right. it's like, there's a certain expectation. Well, here's, maybe this is, maybe this is the thing. If, maybe you will, you will always root for the, the good guy, you know, in a sense. Like, in the story of David and Goliath, you start out with the fact that Goliath's a bad guy. Okay. You know? And, uh, and so... Uh, when David beats him by breaking the rules, so to speak, you're sort of like, ha ha, clever David, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but here, you don't really have a Goliath in that sense. All you have is a guy break, or changing the rules, playing by it. Uh, he's not even changing the rules. He's changing a, 
a tradition. He's he's playing within the rules. Well, see, what the thing is, and the thing that's kind of the point that that's what upset me, right? Because it's like the rule is not that you have to you don't have to play half court press. Like you don't you don't have to do that. Yeah. But everybody does that. It's not a rule. It's just that it's, it's conformity. It's, it's an understanding. Well, you know, it's just like when you walk down the street, you don't have to walk a comfortable distance from anybody. You know, like if it's right, just you right. and somebody else, like, you know, if, if I'm walking down the street and there's only two people on the street, you know, and we're walking kind of in the same direction, maybe I'll slow up a little bit, give that guy a little buffer. Just why not? You know, like, <laughs> because, you know, it's just like two people on this entire street. That's the entire, like, we're all on sidewalk and like just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Why am I walking three feet from you? That's weird. But in that case, there's nothing that you want to gain. In the basketball and in David and Goliath case, David wants to win, basketball team wants to win. And they might be disadvantaged compared to a more talented team. No, you're right. And Naturally that was, talented. I mean, that's, that's the point, and that's that's why they did really well. Right. But uh, it kind of, I mean, like, the thing is, like, for example, from, from maybe Calwisco, where I went to that concert, and people just kind of push themselves up to the front. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm standing here. You know, I've kind of, like, set myself up to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. The social convention is you give me a little bit of, like, uh, space you know i'd like maybe like a foot in front of me and a foot to the left but to the right. right there's no rule it's not a law right but now that you've done this like i have to move and i mean i can't get mad at you because no it's not illegal it's just weird like why yeah. are you doing that mm-hmm. it's like well i want to stand here but what about me <laughs> well I don't, yeah but i don't know if i don't know if uh what's the guy's name mcdowell uh, mr gladwell. mcdowell gladwood gladwell gladwell gladfoot <laughs> Little foot, <laughs> tree star, eel fudge. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know that that uh, the, from the way it's it's explained here. I think you've got two separate issues going on. I mean, I think the people being assholes by by uh, ignoring the social convention is not necessarily the same as people winning in a competition. Oh, but see, the thing about... I mean, the thing is, when you play a game, the game is for fun, right? I mean, there's just... I, the game is to win, but the game is also for fun. Right, right. But but when you expand sort of the David and Goliath thing nowadays, I often think about, like, you know, corporate giants or the government or whatever. True. And it's like, if you've got a little guy who cannot compete with... Philip Morris or Coca-Cola or the U.S. government or whatever, uh, then and and I mean and that's where I think that it comes in. Like, do you basically do you believe in their cause or or whatever? Are they the good guy or are they not the good guy? Um, well, whether they are or not, right? Okay, so another example would be like the insurgency or like suicide bombers. Right, right, right. I mean, like, I guess uh, he. I didn't really know this, but he was saying that uh, George Washington, apparently, when we were in the Revolutionary War, you know, before we uh, had like a very good footing or whatever, they were pulling a lot of kind of guerrilla tactics. Yeah. You know, really kind of mercenary stuff. And it was like really effective. And then once they finally got more organization, they went more Continental Army style, uh-huh. more mimicking kind of the Queen's Army. 
and they lost like battle after battle because they were playing the way that they were expecting to play. Right, right. But when you started playing like guerrilla style, you know, suicide bomber style, I, I mean, they probably didn't do that way back then, but right. you know, I mean, <laughs> suicide cannonball. He carries a cannonball next to his chest and he runs into the enemy troops. He's like, ow, that's really heavy. Do you know that? <laughs> God, I can't run that fast. Don't you get that it's a cannonball? That hurts. <laughs> But he he made the point that even even Washington, like lost when he played that game, you right? Know? And it's like, yeah. but the only way that he you know like the only way that it's effective. I mean, suicide bombers. He even brought up like Lawrence of Arabia. Apparently, I've never seen that movie, but <laughs> or or maybe read the actual history or know or what, know what's actually going on. But the, <laughs> I guess this guy basically hired a bunch of uh, Bedouins or like uh, people nomads. And they went around and they, they, they went in some really circuitous way through the desert, which is like some way the Turks would never have expected. And they took them out, you know, and they didn't go after them in the city. They destroyed their train tracks, like their, their roads and their access ways and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And went like kind of like, yeah, guerrilla style, terrorist style almost, where they took out small strategic tactical strikes. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, I think the uh, it's interesting to sort of take this conversation in the, in the more warfare direction because then then you do really get into a situation with you know i mean when you're talking about like a girls basketball team it's sort of like well the guy's either an ass or he's not but it's not there are no consequences there but uh but in like a war situation you've got the u.s army which is the you know the, the most the powerful yeah the most powerful fighting force on the planet um and then and then you've got people trying to fight it there's no way they can win in a straight fight. No, that's the thing. And so, right? of course, they have to go to to other tactics. But I think where I would not, you know, begrudge, other than the fact that you know they're against my side, I would not begrudge or, or give you know a sort of moral culpability to guerrillas. But terrorism is a different thing in that it attacks a civilian population. But maybe that's the same. But those maybe are they're like, just breaking the rules. I mean, right. like, what did it do? It basically, okay, fine. You could really argue what did it do. But I mean, like, basically, since two thousand one, how has this country changed? You know, it's gotten a lot shittier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, and in that sense, like, they've really done something, right? I mean, whether it was intentional or not, you know, they, yeah. it's really caused a change in this country, which is not necessarily towards the way people would have, you know, liked. A lot more money has been spent on defense and diverted away from things that really matter, like you know, public good. You know, our deficit deficits are running out of control. Yeah. You know, the currency is completely messed up. I mean, you could argue whether one has there's a correlation between any of this stuff. But I mean, the thing is, we spent well, so much. Well, there's a correlation, right. but there's not necessarily causation. Right. Maybe you could argue whether there's causality or not. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I I don't know. There's definitely all these things up in the air, and I think 2001. September 11, 2001, had a big, you know, impact on that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, they really made a difference. You know, and I guess what I'm getting at is, yeah, like, warfare is war one thing and a game is another thing where it's okay to do something in war but not in a game? Or, I mean, is it okay to game and not okay in war? Well, it seems like I, it'd be the other way. They say that all, all's fair in love and war. Well, then, I mean, why should it be fair in a game and not in war? Well, because in a game, I guess you... you agree beforehand to establish a set of rules it's like law you're playing you know you play within or a set of rules to avoid i mean with a, a legal system you you play within a set of rules to avoid violence well that's the thing though 
right? And war is the failure well, I mean, of that. that right? Well, that's what the failure of the justice system is. I mean, not that it's failed, but you know, when you say, oh, like for example, I think uh, today is the 30th anniversary of the Twinkie defense, the guy his sentencing. Oh wow. Or something like something I read. I heard on the radio this morning, and it's like the Twinkie defense. Yes, I guess by the law he was technically. So this guy killed Harvey Milk, right? Mm-hmm. And his lawyer claimed that he was insane due to e- eating too many Twinkies. Junk food. Junk food, yeah, like, right? It's like, is that, what is that? How could that be, right? But it's like, no, you've taken the law. Yeah. And because I have not so narrowly specified that you must be insane mentally and not from Twinkies, <laughs> you basically said, okay, well, this is the game. I'm changing the rules. You know, it's like, oh, good for you. You got your lawyer, you got your thing off. And yes, you are a zealous advocate of your client. Good job. That's what you're supposed to do. But look at what it's ha- look is what's happened. Right. I think I think that's what, you know, when now talking about lawyers, I think uh, for a little shift, I think the, the motto should not so much be a zealous advocate of your client as a zealous advocate of the law. What do you think of that? Or is it, or is then the response? Well, but the law is up to interpretation. Well, then they would, you would not need two lawyers. You'd only need a judge. Right. That's true. Right, and you need. I mean, that guy. But has, but I guess you you would say that the lawyers are basically checks checks on the judge. You know, like whoa whoa judge, here's this piece of evidence you're not considering. Yeah, I mean, and it's up because the judge has to be on. He has to be impartial, right? But I mean, you need somebody to be on your side, right? Because it's like. You know, if you if you argue a case to anybody, you know they're not going to necessarily be interested in what you have to say. You have to say you have to find somebody who's like going to go dig for the facts, go do this stuff for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so in that sense, you do you do you do need an advocate, a zealous advocate at that. But I don't know. Like, I mean, does it is it fair to go and bre- break these like rules that aren't really rules? Because if you do break these rules, that forces me as, you know, whoever it is. Wait, which situation? What what are not the rules? What are the rules that are not the rules, I guess? Well, like the unspoken thing. Like, uh, you know, like maybe... Well, like uh, when people sue each other mm-hmm. for things like, oh, this guy... Um, Caused me emotional duress. Emotional duress. <laughs> or like, he shot me when I was intruding into his house or something like that, right? You've, right, right? That's a famous case. I don't know the details of it, but yeah. the fact is, you know, that happened. You know, it's like, that just seems like a cut and dry, like, why is this guy getting off? But, well, the law says that if you, you know, do some, if you do not provide a safe place in your house for people to go and access, then you can sue them for, for any damages as a result of it. But what about when you're getting robbed? Yeah. Or what about when you feel danger? Or what about all this stuff, right? What if they entered illegally? What if all that stuff? You know, and it's like, why do we have to, like, I mean... People complain about the legal code being so long or like so complicated. It's like because we can't do this, you know. And it's on the other hand, who was a judge? I mean, that that gives too much power to the judge, right? The judge can't say, "Well, you did this. I'm just gonna throw it out." Mm. So it's like the legal system. We could almost put that aside because that's just kind of the nature of it. Unfortunately, I don't know if there's any way to fix that, you know. Because yeah, like there are always these weird corner cases. There's always these weird like situations where it's pretty cut and dry like if I came right here and I had a gun and I shot you in the face okay I'm going to jail right but then there's like the case where it was completely accidental right but at the same time oh my face right <laughs> ow or like uh, did you see Magnolia yeah uh, it was a long time ago but do you remember that part where 
uh, this woman was threatening her husband. Uh, just like they were in an argument, and they do this all the time, apparently. All the time they argue, and all the time there's a shotgun, and she like cocks it, and it's always unloaded. And she points it at him, and she shoots it at him, but out the window, just like oh, as a threat, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like messing around with him, right? And it so ha- it so happened that their son was was jumping off the roof at the exact same time, right, right. passed by the window. He loaded the gun. Uh-huh. Because cause she, cause, uh, I think he knew that she would do this. Uh-huh. And at the exact same time, he could hear them arguing. He jumped. And he shot her. Or no, she no, shot her son. No, I think it wasn't It wasn't that he knew. He he loaded the gun. Oh, hoping so that, he would kill his Yeah, uh, hoping that something would actually transpire. Oh, there. okay. Then, but she actually shot accident. out the window yeah, instead. Yeah, by accident. Right. So, okay, fine. But it ended up that he passed by the window. She shot her son. Before he hit the ground, he would have died anyway, right? She's now charged with murder. But the irony was that they had just installed, like, a net or something that he had got caught on. Right, right, And so right. he wouldn't have died. But, I mean, that's sort of weird corner case, right? You can't write law for that, right? What should have happened? Let's say there was no net and he would have died, right? Mm. It was completely accidental, but in the end, she shot him, and he died as a result of her shooting him and not from his fault. Right? He was a perfectly healthy person right, right. when he was shot. So I mean, a healthy falling person. A healthy person, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It, I think, and that's what kind of bothers me sometimes. Like uh, you could almost, and there's so many different ways you could apply this particular um, awkward situation. Like, I, and I feel I don't want to go uh, and offend too many people who are in the world of sales, but I feel like salesmen do this thing. They basically violate, not violate, but they really push you to beyond your point of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, for example, like when uh, my house, when my dad gets called uh, by a telemarketer, mm-hmm. he's very rude, but not rude, but he'll be like, it'll be like, uh, you know, ring, 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 he'll pick it up and they'll be like, hello, um, would you be in? He's like, no, thanks. Bye. But they can't even finish their sentence. He says, no, thank you. Bye. And yeah. he, says, he says, thank you. But he like hangs up right away. Click. That's it. You know, it's like. That's kind of rude, right? Because it's like this person has called you, but it's like no, they've called you yeah, to tell you something, your, right? Your personal space. And, and you know, not only that, but when you say, "Oh, I'm not interested," you have to come up with some social grace, some social like way to say, "Oh, I'm not interested," as opposed to like, "Don't call me," you know, whatever. It's like no, I've I've taken to just say, "Please remove my number from the list." True, you know, true. Like, but what I'm saying is like, let's say there was no list. What would you say then? You'd say, "Stop calling." Would you say that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten to the point with telemarketers. I mean, and the and the truth is, I feel kind of bad for the guys on the other end of the line, but they're not they're not salesmen in the same sense, you know. Like they they they've got a shitty telemarketing I mean, job. But, they're, like, but in the end, they're doing what they're doing. That's what true. They're doing, that's right? true. But they're just sort of acting as drones, right? But I I don't. Uh, no, I don't give them any leeway. I'm I'm like, hey, no, I don't want to take my number off the list, please. Thank you very much. I don't want to talk to you. But the no. first few times you, they did that, you were like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, okay, right, fine, right. right? I mean, because they're, they're trying to take advantage of that. Like, they're trying to get another word in, right? Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, well, why not? Oh, are you sure? Like, have you thought about this? We thought it was like, no, leave me alone. I said no. And they're taking advantage of you trying to play by the rules and being nice, mm-hmm. right? Because this is the person that you should be nice to, right? You should give them personal space. You should be polite. You shouldn't hang up on somebody. Right, right. Right? Like, let's say... They, they said, okay, um, take me off the list. I'm like, okay, okay, I will, but um, now that I have you, what about this? What would you say then? No. <laughs> no, but, take me off the list. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, but it you comes have to... to take me off the list now. There's a legal. Are you sure? Because there. like this is a really awesome deal, right? <laughs> Click. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. At some point, at some point, it becomes brood, Right. They never take no for an answer. Right. So they're kind of vi- they're like pushing that game. Yeah. Right? There's rules to this game. And so, this article made me mad. I just kept thinking about like I can't believe he's like not bringing this up. Like I mean, this David versus Goliath thing. Yeah. Like I mean, it's biblical. It's epic. David versus Goliath, right? But the way you're describing it is basically whatever the rules are, find that little hole, even though it makes everybody else uncomfortable, and execute it and hit it so that you win. Well, that's very, uh, isn't that just sort of the, the business model? Yeah, the, it is. The capitalism model? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I, it's just, that's what makes me angry. It, you know, it's like, is it really worth it to like make everybody else uncomfortable so that you win? Well, what if, I mean... You're you're starting from the assumption that everybody's comfortable as is, you know, and and I mean status quo being what it is, you've got you know a billion people living on a dollar a day, you've got you know like all this all this stuff, and it's like the world's not an ideal place right now. Right. So, I would say you know, depends on maybe depends on where you start from. Are you an ass for doing that or not? You know. Like what if what if a guy uh, who you know comes from Darfur or something like that, he comes up with a better way of doing X, whatever right. it is, yeah. making orange juice, and he yeah. puts Orange Julius out of business. Yeah, you know, and it's like boom, this is this is quicker, faster orange juice. I don't know. I mean, like he had nothing to lose because he was almost starving. You know. Yeah. Um, if if it were Donald Trump who came up with the same idea, it was like I'm gonna put out Orange Julius. It's like Trump, don't you have enough? So, no, but that's okay because it's like what I'm saying is, but like the, if you make better orange juice, you make better orange juice. That's great, you know. But well, okay, like, if you find Orange Julius's like formula on the street and then you know, or like you take some sort of like you, or you find like the person who is married to Orange Julius. Like, uh, you know, Angelina Julius, right? <laughs> you take Angelina Julius out to dinner, you know, you sweet talk them with mm-hmm. some orange juice, maybe, or some orange tart or whatever, you know, and like you get her kind of drunk on orange liqueur, you know, maybe. And you say, hey, you know, like, uh, what's the deal? You know, what's how's the this, secret formula? What's the secret? And she gives it up, Julius right? Anything. There's no rule against taking somebody out to dinner. That's true. But that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of like, well, that's like where political lobbying is, right? Right. There's that's no rule the, against it, right, right? But it's shady. Yeah. It's okay. shady, but yeah. why isn't it fair? It's, there's no law, so why should I do it? Because you're basically manipulating these people so that you can get your way and you win. Right. It's like, good job. You won. But I don't think that that applies in the full court press scenario. Oh, man. I totally... Because I don't think there's there is a... Within the, the rules of the sport... That's like... That's like getting pissed off at the first football team to throw a forward pass. You know? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know about that, but like, have you ever played somebody who plays like full court press before? Usually when I play, it's half court and we play to 11. So it's like, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, they let you check the ball, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so annoying when you play with someone like that. I play with people, you know, okay, I'm like, first of all, I'm like the most whatever guy it's to a fault like everybody's like what's your problem like i'm like dude whatever (laughs) (laughs) and like you know but you sometimes you play with people who are very intense you know they come up and they come up and get you they're trying constantly trying to steal the ball 
He's like, dude, I'm just trying to play a game here. You know, it's like, I got the ball, I'm dribbling. I'm not really that good a dribbler. You know, I'm like, I got the ball, I'm going to pass it. You know, and they're coming at me. They're really good dribblers. It's like, dude, I, I can't play with you. Like, I mean, what's the point of me playing? Because you're better than I am, right? Mm-hmm. We're having this little thing because it's like, it's fun. Like, I'm going to play around, you're going to play around. We're going to have some fun. You know, do you want to win or do you want to have fun and play a game? Obviously, winning is part of it. It's fun to win, but it's also fun to play. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if we're a hundred percent like on the same because uh, they were in a, a competitive league, you know. And there's a there's a they're twelve. Point. Well, okay, that's true. Yeah, maybe I don't know. All right, all right. <laughs> Moving on. I Moving don't, on. I don't know, man. Think about that one if you like people. Should we keep going, or, or are we at the limit here? Oh, sure, why not? Let's call it. That was very exciting. I got very excited and riled up. <laughs> I don't know, man. You got to play by the rules. That's all I say. I mean, you don't have to play by the rules. But you got to play by the social norms. <laughs> that just sounds bad, right? <laughs> you just got to respect people, you know? Okay, all right. I can agree to that one. It's just like, why can't we all get along and not have to... You can win without... Winning. We can all win. It's a win win. <laughs> wow, that sounds bad. <laughs> Actually, uh, just to dispute, uh, you can't win without winning. <laughs> but what about a win win? No such thing. No such thing no, as a win win? No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Uh, no, I'm sure there are win win scenarios. In fact, you would argue that trade is a win win scenario. Specialization of labor. This is going back to Adam Smith here, <laughs> but anyway, I think we'll we'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Next uh, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. You've been listening to the to the irregular search for truth. I don't know. We we muddled close. I don't know if we're we're anywhere yet, but we're getting closer. <laughs> Have All a right, good take one. Take it easy.